Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is AI-powered ambient technology that helps physicians be more efficient and reduce clinical documentation burden. This is awesome technology. To learn more about how DAX Copilot can help reduce burnout and restore the joy of practicing medicine, ophthalmology, and other areas of medicine as well, visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Knock Knock High with Dr. Glockenflecken. That's me. This is a subsidiary of Knock Knock High. This is the uh, the episode every week where I get to nerd out on eyeballs, tell you everything I've learned over the, my my decade of practicing ophthalmology. We are we are we are coming up on ten years that I've been practicing ophthalmology. Ten years since I started my ophthalmology residency when I got to go into uh, the world of eyeballs. And never look back when I got to uh, forget cardiovascular physiology. There's a few things floating around in my brain that I still remember, but for the most part, it's all gone. I don't really need it. I I I know I know the the blood vessels that pertain to to my organ that I that I specialize in. What 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 more do I need really? I've, there's other doctors that can handle that kind of thing, and I know where to find them. Uh, so we're talking eyeballs, uh, and, and so whether you're, you're on your commute listening to this or drifting off to bed at night, I'm happy you're here. Uh, we got a, a, a bread and butter topic for you today. Before I get into that though, right before I started recording this, I was reading an article. I was, I was, I was reading the latest in the world of United Healthcare. <laughs> I, I had, uh, uh, somebody send me an article about, uh, about uh, United Healthcare's profits, the numbers are in, you guys. How much United Healthcare has made uh, in 2023? It wasn't actually just that; it was it was how much of internal profit, internal revenue there was. Because as we know, as we all know, uh, United Healthcare and other major health insurance companies, the latest and greatest thing is this vertical integration, right? They had their, they have their, their health insurance. Well, now they also have hospitals and they also have pharmacies and they also have pharmacy benefit managers and they have physicians. They're, they're trying to vertically integrate the whole damn thing and it's legal. And so from a business standpoint, yeah, it's legal. Of course, that's the, that's everybody knows in business. Like if you can vertically integrate the whole process then do it because you're going to make a ton of money. The problem is these are people's lives we're talking about. This is healthcare. And, uh, and so you could go back and forth all day with people who are very pro making money and people who are like, well, you know, maybe that's not the, should be, should not be the focus of a healthcare system in a developed country or any country. 
So uh, I think we all know where I stand. If you've seen my content, you've seen my many videos I've made about United Healthcare. I don't like what's happening in the world of healthcare in the U.S. and uh, and th- these numbers. So United Health Group, which is the like overarching company that has all of these like Optum and United Healthcare and all these things underneath it, uh, United Health Groups. Internal revenue streams. See, these are like revenue generated by the things that United Healthcare, United Health Group owns, totaled $138 billion in 2023. But that's not what's like the 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 terrifying thing. The terrifying thing is that is up more than 25% compared to last year. So they are on the war path to vertically integrating healthcare. And they are gaining more and more of different areas and just all bringing it into the United Healthcare. I made a joke in uh, my um, uh, my 30 Days of Healthcare series back in September about I made some kind of offhand joke about you know, Medicare for all. Uh, it should be United Healthcare for all. Like that's that's the the direction we're going. It seems right, doesn't it? United Healthcare is the largest employer of physicians. You know what the number is now? 90,000. 90,000 physicians, which I think is like somewhere around 20% of all physicians are employed by United Healthcare. And, and, and think of just the, it doesn't seem like anybody cares, like outside of like people in healthcare and like the general public, like there's just not a whole lot going on to try to like stop this from happening. Um, and it just the, the the potential problems of vertically integrating healthcare are are immediately obvious, right? So you have United Healthcare. What's to stop them from providing lower quality services? Why not? It, you make money. You'll make more money by 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 cutting costs. Who cares if the the service is is poor because you're guaranteeing the business to yourself. So what does it matter if it's low quality? You're the one that's providing the service to yourself and making that money. You're not, you're not letting uh, competition come in because it, it's just, it's all internal. So what does it matter? What the quality doesn't matter. Well, it does in healthcare. It does when we're talking about people's lives. That's the rub. That's where things get really unethical. Uh, and so um, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it, it kind of, I I know better than to like in the evening before like the work week starts uh, to read about health insurance companies. I don't know what I was thinking. I shouldn't have opened up the link, but but here we are, and um, it's just uh, I don't know. It it makes me upset. I don't know what the what the uh, what what the solution is, how to fix it, but I I know there needs to be more regulation against these vertically integrating healthcare companies. Because they're they're way too powerful, and they're gaining more and more power, and uh, um, and it's it's ruining a lot of people's lives. It's uh, ruining a lot of companies, a lot of small businesses. Um, we love small business in this country. Well, this is harming that. And so, uh, anyway, that's that's my little mini rant tonight about United Healthcare. I don't know what the like the total revenue of United Healthcare was. Uh, it, it, at this point it's all monopoly money. Like it doesn't it it's 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 a number so astronomical that it like almost just means nothing. So anyway, let's let's move on to something happier, shall we? Let's talk about eyeballs. How about that? All right.
you know what? Before we do, let's let's take a quick break, and then and then uh, we'll get to our topic, which is macular degeneration. We'll be right back. Hey, Kristen. Yeah. You know how much I love Grammarly. Not as much as I love Grammarly. Uh, I'm pretty sure I love Grammarly a little bit more than you do. Those are fighting words. It's because I need it. I just I need help with my writing. Well, that's true. You know, organizing, mm-hmm. generating outlines, mm-hmm. finding the right tone for things. Yes, that's a big one. Think of all the writing we have to do. Live so show. Much. Yes, the newsletter. It just emails. lots of writing all the time. All the things. Mm-hmm. And now it's even better than ever, Grammarly, because you can use it everywhere. Yes, all the platforms. Absolutely, Google Docs, Slack, Canva, even mm-hmm. social media. Instagram captions. Yes, perfect. I always need help with Instagram captions. Well, Grammarly is there. It's always there to help. It's great. In fact, 93% of professionals using Grammarly Premium report that it helps them get more work done. I would agree with that. I think I'm in that 93%. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast easier said done all right we are back uh and uh talking about macular degeneration this is uh, uh just a as i mentioned a bread and butter topic i talk about macular degeneration every single day um multiple times a day and a big part of that is because my patient population as an ophthalmologist is people over the age of 60 for the most part. I see uh, some people that are younger than 60, but the vast majority are over 60, which is the patient population that is affected by macular degeneration or age-related macular degeneration. Um, You know, I don't really like that term because there's a wide range of ages that can get macular degeneration, but in general it is. I have seen some people in their 50s that start to get it, but in general it is over the age of 60. So. Um, people have a lot of questions about macular degeneration. What causes it? Uh, what are my risks? Am I at high risk of getting this disease? Because it can be a really, really bad, uh, blinding condition. So let's just go through this a little bit. So we talked about the demographics. Uh, macular degeneration uh, disproportionately affects people who are older. The biggest risk factors of macular degeneration, obviously, is age. That's the first thing. Um, uh, oh, and, uh, her, uh, genetics is another thing. So it does tend to run in families. In fact, people who, um, who, who get macular degeneration a little bit earlier in life, we'll say like in their sixties, usually that's the result. There's some kind of genetic predisposition to it. So you ask and they'll be like, oh yeah, my mom had it. My grandma had it. Um, it does seem to affect women more than men, um, but both, obviously, both uh, um, uh, sexes are, are uh, affected by it. Smoking makes it worse, which actually we're, gonna, we're, getting, we're knocking out the uh, don't do that eyeball tip of the week very early in this episode. Don't smoke. It's bad for your eyes. And I hear it's bad for other parts of the body as well. But again, I'm an ophthalmologist. I don't, I don't want to get into that, but uh, it's, it's definitely bad for the eyes. So, um, you know, I have people come in, I know that they're smoker, they've been smoking for years cause they're, you know, 70 years old and they've, they've been smoking a pack a day and they'll have terrible, sometimes terrible macular degeneration. And it's, it's, uh, it's very sad. And so, you know, I, I, I do 
you may not think it, but ophthalmologists do some a little bit of motivational interviewing at times. I've I've had conversations trying to get people to cut down a little bit on the smoking. It's very important for your eyes. It's it's bad for other parts of the body, but particularly for your eyes. Not particularly. It's particularly for your heart and your blood vessels. <laughs> but I'm so eye centric in my own thinking that I think that that's the most important thing above anything else. It is, but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, what else? What else are risk? Those are the biggest risk factors, I would say. Yeah, genetics, age, smoking. That's like the the, the big three. If you if you if you I don't know why you'd want to need to remember this, but um, if you're trying to remember it, if you're trying to memorize what I'm saying, those are the three that you should know. So, um, what else? Oh, let's talk about the anatomy. Like, what exactly is macular degeneration? Well, we've talked about the eyeball before, the different parts of the eyeball. All right, so let's go. We're going to the back, the back of the eye, the retina, the retina with a pronunciated T. And then within the retina, you have the macula. So the macula is a part of the retina. It is the most important part of the retina. That's where your fovea is. So the macula and the fovea, that's where light is focused. It focuses right there on the fovea. So the macula is where you have your center, your central vision. That's the macula. All right, so light comes in hits that macula, and then all the little nerve fibers in there, they go to the optic nerve and then go to the brain for processing. And so macular degeneration is a breakdown of the outer part of the retina, which is where your photoreceptors are, okay? It's really a disease that starts to affect what we call the retinal pigment epithelium, which is if you're going from the inside of the eye to the outside of the eye, so you're in the vitreous, you go, you get to the retina, and then as you go through the retina to the back of the eye, you're going to hit this layer of cells called the retinal pigment epithelium. It's not that important that you know that, but that's where we start to see the first signs of macular degeneration. So a patient comes in, let's say they're in their you know, mid-60s, I look back there, I look at the, every, every single patient. I'm always going to look at the macula because we want to look for, for stuff. That's If stuff goes wrong in the macula, that's when you start getting blinding conditions. All right. That's when you start getting decreased in vision. So I look back there and I see these yellow spots. And it's very clear. It's in both eyes, bilateral. The vast majority of macular degeneration is going to be bilateral. And I see all these telltale signs of macular degeneration, which are these yellow spots that are called drusen. Drusen. Um, it's a fun word to say, drusen. So basically, there, there's, uh, that's just a sign that that, that retinal pigment epithelium, the, that outer part of the retina and kind of just past the retina and the back of the eye is starting to get dysfunctional. And once you start having that, those little yellow spots, that drusen, that's what we call dry macular degeneration. So a patient's eyes, they can still see Someone might have 20-20 vision, but they still have, they can have this, these yellow spots, these drusen, and still see just great, all right? That's the early form of dry macular degeneration. Now, as the dry form, as these drusen progress, they can coalesce, they can form bigger spots, they, uh, they, they, they can get to the point where it starts to cause 
because that cell layer is very important for the health, that retinal pigment epithelium, the RPE, because it's very important for the health of the retina. If that cell layer starts to get dysfunctional to a certain point, well, then the outer retina, the photoreceptor cells, they start to die off. And that's when you start to get vision loss because you got these yellow spots. It's a sign of dysfunction. And then eventually the dysfunction gets so bad that it causes that, those outer, that outer part of the retina, those photoreceptors that sense light to just stop working and die off, for lack of a better way of describing it. But we're still talking dry macular degeneration, right? So I'm going to get to the distinction between dry and wet here in a second. But um, you start getting dysfunction and loss of the photoreceptors. Uh, that's just a, the severity of this dry form of macular degeneration. Um, uh, it just gets worse and worse, and you get this enlarging blind spot right in the center of the vision. And that's, that's the, that is the manifestation of macular degeneration that people are so worried about that we start to see. As the macular degeneration progresses from mild to moderate to severe, you start to get this just atrophy of that center part of the retina, the macula, that causes the patient to have a big blind spot right in the center of their vision. And so they start not seeing as well on the chart. They start uh, losing things right in the center. They have to kind of look off-center to try to pick up things. Uh, reading becomes more difficult, uh, especially seeing anything in dim light becomes more difficult. Lots of problems here. Now, what is, what, what is the wet form of the disease? We've talked about the dry form. And eventually, the dry form can progress so much that people are, can't see anything on the chart. They're 2,200. They're 2,400. They're count fingers. It can be really severe. But we're still talking dry. So the wet form is when you have this dysfunctional cell layer we talked about, the retinal pigment epithelium. If it gets so dysfunctional that blood vessels that are, are kind of beneath that cell layer start to grow abnormally. They grow up into the retina, the retina. They grow up, they grow into there and they start to leak fluid. They start to bleed. And that, when you have that leak, that blood kind of coming in there and causing problems and cause swelling in the retina, that causes a more sudden decrease in vision. That's what we call the wet form of the disease. So the dry form is very gradual. That can take years. That can take decades to develop, where eventually you get this atrophy, what we call, what we call geographic atrophy. Well, the wet form can happen suddenly. That can happen over the course of days or weeks, where you have this blood vessel that starts growing. It just starts leaking. And so you get a sudden swelling of the retina. That's the wet form of macular degeneration. That's what you're going to hear, dry form and wet form. So what do we do? Patient comes in, often th those will be patients that, that the wet form of the disease are patients that have a history of macular degeneration a lot of the times. Like they, they know they have that disease. They know they have the dry form because the dry form, it pretty much always comes before the wet form for the most part. For this, for the age-related form of macular degeneration, the dry form comes first. So people know they have the dry form. And then they call in like, oh, what we tell them is always look, we tell patients, always look for sudden changes in your vision, because that could be a sign that there's a blood vessel that grew up in there, caused all this swelling. 
So every week we have patients that call in, oh, I noticed a change. I noticed a problem in my vision. It's blurry right in the center. We say, come on in. Let's take a look. And we look back there. I can look with my own eyes. I look back at their retina and I see bleeding. Then we get a little scan, what we call an OCT, which is basically a really cool looking cross-sectional image of the retina. You should Google it, OCT retina. Look it up. It's pretty cool. You can see the different layers. You can see where the photoreceptors are. It's really cool. And then we'll see, we'll see swelling back there. And so we've diagnosed, okay, you have moved on. You are no longer dry macular degeneration. Now this patient is wet macular degeneration. Now, years ago, and we're talking now 20 years ago, when I was, when I was a med student, so now we're talking um, probably in 2011, somewhere around there. It was like, I think it was kind of the early days of intravitreal injections. Um, so probably about 20 years they've been, they've been doing these injections. But before, before like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, really, if you had this bleeding, this wet macular degeneration, there weren't a lot of great options. There was laser. Uh, and essentially, ultimately patients kind of just went blind there. We did not have a great way to try to decrease that bleeding, to try to improve patient vision. So this is kind of like a, Oh, well, we don't, we don't have a lot we could do. We'll do a little laser, see if we can kind of coagulate the, the, the bleeding vessel, but often it caused more problems and, and, and didn't stop the bleeding and it kept going and, and patients just lost their vision, their central vision. Well, now, over the past 20 years or so, don't quote me on those. I'm, I'm not a retina specialist. I'm not, I'm not I, I don't know the, the, the full history of the treatment of macular degeneration, to be honest. That sounds like an extremely boring topic. But um, uh, over the past 20 years, we've, we've developed, I say we, yes, I'm a part of this. Uh, uh, the, the world of ophthalmology has developed what do we call intravitreal injections of medications. They are anti-VEGF medications, anti-vascular endothelial growth factor medications. So I'll give you the names of a couple of them. Bevacizumab, Ranibizumab, Aflibercept. All right, these are medications that when you put them into the, into the vitreous, into that big space in the back of the eye using a tiny little needle, 30 gauge needle, really tiny. When you put that medication into the back part of the eye, it works to help shrink those blood vessels and decrease bleeding. Totally revolutionized treatment for wet macular degeneration. Before, our treatments often just ended up blinding people or just didn't work at all and they went blind anyway. But now we have these injectable medications that can, that can clear up wet macular degeneration or at least keep it from getting worse and sometimes even give people great vision again and keep it that way for quite a while. Usually they're monthly and then you try to space out those injections over time, eventually getting to like once every three months or something. But so it's a lot of treatments and I know it sounds like terrifying to people. What? Needle in the eye? No, I would rather die. And some people do have that reaction. <laughs> They're like, forget it. No one's putting a needle in my eye. But I promise you, the retina specialist, and I've done a lot of these injections. I don't do them anymore because I work with retina specialists who are more than happy to do all of them. Um, they, they do like 50, 60, 70 a day. Like they, 
they are most of their patients are getting these injections because it's that effective of a treatment. Totally changed the game with macular degeneration. And by the way, the first of these that was used, Bevacizumab, which is the brand name is Avastin, is actually a chemotherapy drug for colon cancer, I believe. Just kind of like used off-label to put in the eye, and sure enough, it helped treat macular degeneration. So what other treatments do we have? So we talked about dry versus wet. We talked about the, med- the, uh, the, the treatment options for wet macular degeneration. And um, one thing we'll also do for patients is you may have heard of Preservision. You may have seen ads for it. Ocuvite, A-Reds, two vitamins, I-Vitamins. Uh, there's all kinds of people, all kinds of different formulations of these. So we, and people always ask me in clinic, they're like, well, should I take eye vitamins? And sometimes it's like a 29-year-old. Like, no, no, you don't need the eye vitamins. So let's talk about these eye vitamins. So the eye vitamins are, are A-Reds. They're A-Red. There's been a couple of different studies. Once A-Reds, then they had A-Reds 2. So A-Reds 2 is the most recent uh, formulation. And it's a, basically, it's a, a combination of vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, uh, zeaxanthin, uh, uh, um, lutein. I think those are the four. There may be another one in there. I'm not sure, but it's basically this combination of vitamins that the study, the big study that was done, the 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 AREDS study, showed that if you take if you take someone who has moderate macular degeneration, so they just have the, a lot of those little spots back there, and you give them this vitamin to take twice a day it decreases their risk of developing wet macular degeneration. So it doesn't reverse anything. And it's not 100%, but it's the best thing we have of preventing that bleeding from happening in the back of the eye. But it's only, the study was only showed that benefit for people that already had a certain severity of the dry form of the disease, if that makes sense. So I get people who have no macular degeneration. Maybe they just have a family history. Like, I really don't want to get macular degeneration, so I've been taking these vitamins. Well, you're just peeing out the vitamins because it's it's not doing anything for you. The study did not show that people without any macular degeneration benefited from it. So that's why it's only people with a certain severity. So that's why you got to see an eye doctor and they can help you determine if it would be helpful for you to take those vitamins because it's a cost, you know, and, and I don't want to have people just taking them for no reason because you're, you're paying money for those. All right. Uh, one last thing I'm going to mention, um, about ma- uh, macular degeneration. This is, I, I talk about this all the time. This is a very common topic. Hopefully this is helpful for you guys, or at least if you're, if you, if you know, if you have a family member with macular degeneration, maybe you can uh, have a nice conversation with them about it now. Uh, so, the the latest advances uh, that I that I am aware of uh, have to do with treatment of the dry form of the disease because although we have great treatments now for wet macular, the severe form of dry macular, what we call geographic atrophy, where you have, as I mentioned earlier, the death of all those photoreceptors and this big blind spot in the vision, we really haven't been able to do anything about that. And that actually, in my mind now, and before it was like the wet form was like the worst thing. Like that was terrible. You don't want that. But now, since we have good treatments for it, now it's like I'm thinking when I see patients I'm like, oh man, I really hope this isn't geographic atrophy. I hope this isn't advanced dry because advanced dry 
is is just as bad, if not worse, than like really bad wet macular degeneration. But now we have a couple of treatments. People are focusing in on this on this uh, 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 severe dry form of the disease, and so there's a couple of new treatments. I'm gonna put these 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 are the most ridiculous names here. Uh, Pegsitacaplan, Pegsitacaplan, Sifover, Sifovere, Sifovere. I'm not sure how to say that. And uh, um, and then the the other one is Avacincaptad. I'm just gonna like. You guys send me your favorite uh, generic drug names, and I'm just going to try to read them without having someone like pronunciate them for me. I'm just going to guess. Avacincap, Avacincaptad. Ava, these are these are words like of like I know drug names are bad, but these are like particularly bad. Like why do they choose these? I and it's someone who names drugs, can you email me? I want to know like what your thought process is here. Anyway, Sofovir and Iserve, those are the brand names. Uh, they are the very first drugs that were that um, that are out there uh, that uh, treat geographic atrophy, that severe form of dry macular degeneration. And the goal with these medications is to stop it from getting worse or to 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 slow the progression. We can't replace what's already there. Once the photo once you lose your photoreceptors. At least right now, we don't have a great way of replacing them, especially in geographic atrophy and severe dry macular degeneration. So these medications are designed to, to prevent people from losing more photoreceptors, right? And so it's, it's very exciting stuff. The, it's, it's really cool to see how things have changed over the course of my short career so far. You know, you're in, you're in, in med school, I remember hearing professors, you know, come and talk with us. They've been practicing medicine for 30 years and they're and they're like everything you're going to you're you're going to hear from me in in 30 more years is is going to be obsolete. Now it's kind of like roll my eyes like, oh yeah, come on. All right. Really? Unless unless you're telling me Krebs cycle is going to be obsolete, I I'm not going to be uh, too excited. But it's starting to be true. Like I, it, the, the things things are changing, and, and and it's it's very exciting. And I I'm so grateful for the people that are like doing this basic science work to try to figure these things out. Incredibly smart people. That like how do you figure this stuff out? Is is just uh, who do I thank for that? Is it is it organic chemists? Are they the ones doing this? It seems like that's a big part of it. I don't know. Like I died. I I did okay in organic chemistry but my god the people that that uh do that for their career they got to be crazy smart have, uh, have like a, a part of the brain like a brain lobe that i don't have i don't know or a, some a, a gyrus that doesn't exist in my brain <laughs> so anyway exciting things happening in the world of macular degeneration um all right, I think I think that's about it. Uh, I don't I don't know if I let me say let me look through my notes here. I don't think I have anything else that would be interesting to you guys. That's that's as much as you probably ever cared to know about macular degeneration. So we'll leave it at that. Um, uh, again, I, I I try to read as many comments as I can. Definitely on YouTube, I will check out. So watch these, or at least if, if you can listen to it. Obviously, like a lot of people just like listening to it. But if you if you like to watch podcasts you can watch me saying all of this to you on my youtube channel 
at dglockenflecken. But if you don't want to do that, at least go there and leave some comments. Uh, tell me what topics, what eyeball-related topics you would like to see. It could be a disease. It could be a disease you have. It can be a, something weird that you saw on social media or something that somebody said that you're not sure if it's true. There's a lot of that out there. I'm happy to set the record straight. So uh, so YouTube would be a great place. You can also email me, knockknockhi at human-content.com. Uh, uh, we, uh, we do see a lot of those emails. And so, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Give me some topics. Um, I'm enjoying that we're like oh, three months into these Knock Knock Eye episodes. I think we can get a full year in. I think there's enough topics that I need you guys to help me. So let me know. Let me know what you want to hear about. Otherwise, I'll just keep, I just, I have a big book of, of eye diseases that I'm just picking them off. I think maybe next time I'll do herpes. I haven't done herpes yet. That's a big one. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, I am your host, Will Flannery, also known as Dr. Glockenflecken. Thanks to my uh, the executive producers, Rob, uh, Rob Goldman, Aaron Corney, and Shanti Brooke, our editor and engineer, Jason Portizo. Music is by Omer Benzvi. Knock Knock High is a human content production. Thank you all.